This is Radiate, the podcast that celebrates life and shines a light on life-restoring stories of organ, tissue, and eye donors, recipients, and information you need to know about donation. Welcome back to Radiate. This is episode 13. I'm Audrey Coleman, your host. Thank you for joining us today. In February of 2002, 16-year-old Charles Robbie Sizemore of Farmington, Arkansas, was a passenger in a car that was part of a caravan. He and his friends were leaving a school event and were heading to a second location. Robbie never reached his destination. Instead, his parents, Rob and Tammy, received a phone call informing them that their son had been critically injured in an automobile accident. Tammy recalls seeing her son at the scene of the accident and feeling sure that he would be okay. What Tammy didn't know was that Robbie had suffered a severe head injury and lapsed into a coma. This was the beginning of the Sizemore family's donation journey. Today with us to tell her son's story is Robbie's mother, Tammy Sizemore. Tammy lives in Farmington and is dedicated to raising awareness about donation. Hi, Tammy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be able to share the story and the hope the donation provides for every family. Absolutely. Well, thank thank you so much. And this is a this is really um, a treat because I, you're one of the first people that I met years and years ago when I started working in this field. And you have always been so dedicated to this cause. Um, in fact, it has now been nearly 20 years since your son Robbie became a donor. So would you please take us back to that day when you were notified that Robbie had been in an accident? Um, Well, Robbie's story is a little different than everybody else's because um, like you said, in January, he was in a car accident with um, several of his friends. They were all going to a color state party after uh, a ball game. And I got the phone call. One of the kids that was in that caravan called me and told me that they had been in an accident and that Robbie was hurt really bad. They were less than a mile from my house and I was able to go to the scene of the accident and I was actually there before the ambulances got there. The first responders um, that were on the scene had um, were working with him. They had pulled him up on the street. He was laying on a, a gurney. And I do remember looking at him very clearly. His chest was rising and falling. He was making some noises. And I was just thinking, he's got a bump on his head and we're gonna go to the hospital and they're gonna sew him up and everything's gonna be okay. Um, but you know, by me being here, that that's not what happened. Um, As a matter of fact, once we got to the hospital, it didn't take very long at all until the doctors met with us. And there are a lot of things about that night that I don't remember, um, but the one I do was the moment that that doctor said to me that in his experience, people didn't survive these kinds of injuries. And that's where Robbie's story is a little bit different because he did survive for several months. Um, It was four months in and out of hospitals um, in a coma. And um, when he finally received, we were scheduled to do his last surgery to replace the bone flap. Um, I knew something was different this time. Uh, 
but when we went in, they did the surgery and really thought everything was okay. We would, we would end up going back home. But that night, um, Robbie progressed to brain death. And part of the story here is that I think is so important. I feel like um, so many times people think that if they think that you're a donor, um, that they won't try to save you, that they don't try to do what's necessary. And I can tell you from experience, everybody that was on Robbie's medical team for a long time did everything they could to try to save him. Timmy, the loss of a child is an incredible tragedy. And you have essentially lived with, with this pain publicly. I mean, you, you've been invited to speak at conferences, um, nation, you know, nationally, on the national level, regionally. Um, you're, you're president of the Arkansas Donor Family Council, which is a very <laughs> public and involved and engaged group. And you're a member of the Aurora Board of Directors. So you certainly are not in any way trying to duck uh, from the, the, the publicity that, you're, that you would get as a result of this, I mean, it's, it's for many people, they would really shun that amount of attention at this point just because it's so difficult. How have you managed to be able to remain in the spotlight, to carry on this mission that you fight so valiantly and still deal with the tragedy of your loss? How do you do that? Actually, there are a couple of things um, that, that come to mind when you start talking about it. One, I had no idea the extent of the gifts. I thought I understood donation and what all that meant. had no real idea how far reaching these gifts really were because every recipient is somebody's mother or father or brother or sister, daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And just knowing that it's not just the one person that's affected by that gift and how much bigger it really is has fueled a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. The other one of the other things that I think about is that we hear in the media all the time the stories about transplantation and the miracles of transplantation. Yes. And I don't I didn't feel like that you heard often enough the donor story side mm-hmm. of the And without donors, there is no transplantation. Absolutely. There are so many myths concerning donation that I knew from a personal perspective that none of it was true. And it was my responsibility to make sure that I shared the truths that I knew to be true from our side. And I'll tell you, honestly, in doing that, the gift that was given to me by being such a part of the donation community, learning from other donor families, seeing the other side through the recipient stories, and just being able to be a part and help somebody else um, has been so worthwhile and helpful to me personally. It keeps Robbie very present in my everyday life. Yes. There are people that I've met over the last 20 years that know my son mm-hmm. because of his gifts of donation and being able to hear his story and what kind of person he was that, that led us up to the decision that we made to donate. Tammy, have you had a chance to meet any of Robbie's recipients? You know, only one. 
I was, I was always made it known that I was available if they wanted to contact me. Um, but as again, being exposed to the donation community at so many different levels, I heard so many of those recipient stories and how they deal with that guilt sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be pushy at all. Um, but two, almost three years after donation, Robbie's liberal recipient reached out to me and through Aurora and uh, we were able to connect and meet and um, I've been, I have been to their home and they have been to mine and, and we share uh, many years of back and forth conversations through email and Facebook and um, Calvin has since died, um, other unrelated causes. Mm -hmm. These kids graduate from high school. Um, one of them graduate from college um, and be a very active part in raising his boys. So that was good. And then one other, well, one of Robbie's kidney recipients on the 10 year anniversary, mm. crazy, sent me a handwritten letter and telling me that he had turned 50 that year and that it was a big milestone in his life and he would have made it if it hadn't been for those gifts. So I mean, that, that's got to be even more, I mean, it's incredible whenever the donor family and recipients do have an opportunity to, even if they don't meet, but some communication, for instance, in your case, where you've just been able to express um, your feelings and they've been able to express their gratitude, it doesn't sound like it was something that was a necessity for you. You didn't need necessarily to meet the recipients. I did not. Um, and, you know, as a matter of fact, when I did meet Calvin's or Calvin, which was Robbie's liver recipient, the first time we talked on the phone, he had no idea that it was a child. Uh. And he immediately he was like, your son died for me mm -hmm. and in my heart. And I, I truly believe this. And I told him, no, that my son didn't die for anybody. He died. And as a result of that, we were able to honor his wishes and share whatever we could. And, you know, Tammy, I've heard you say that before. Um, in fact, there's there's a really good video of you um, speaking at a conference where you're telling the story. I believe it's still out there on uh, YouTube and it's, seen, it's gotten lots of views. Um, just really, really well done by you. And that's one of the things that you say is that, and I think you've shared this with many other recipients and maybe donor families as well, that their loved one didn't die for the purpose of becoming a donor. They died. And then in many cases, a wish was carried out that they had hoped would happen in this eventuality, but that one was not necessary for the other to happen. So how do you think that that changes, that helps to refocus it for families when you, families and recipients, when you, when you say that this person, my son, your daughter did not have to die. They died and they gave a gift. How, how does that help to reframe it for those families? I mean, it truly is a gift. I think that recipients especially, they get can get caught up in the guilt of that somebody did die and that they are still alive. And I've heard recipients say, how do you pray for this gift of healing when you know somebody else is going to, going to be giving up one of their lives? Right. Over these years that you have been so active and involved um, in organ tissue and eye donation uh, registration, 
what what would you say would be some of the positive changes that you've seen occur over the past 20 years? Maybe, maybe it's related to um, the amount of information that people now have, or maybe it's their openness to even discussing it, because it's a very difficult topic to discuss. Um, and you have had an opportunity to be a, around a lot of other donor family members and recipients, which probably has sort of, you know, helped you to, to shape even more how you feel about donation. So have you seen any positive movement in that way towards attitudes about donation over the past several years? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I look at... Um, information that's available Mm -hmm. people it it is so readily they can look up um, statistics research information on their own they can find out lots of information the tv coverage commercials social media it's there anywhere that you want to look at it but they have I think that education has gone a long way in relieving some of the stigmas that were associated with donation. I can't tell you in the beginning how often I heard I would never be a donor. They won't try to save me. That it's or it's a death sentence if you're going to be a donor because and that, that makes absolutely no sense when you really stop and think about it because doctors want to save everybody. It's not just, you know, whoever the recipients are. And people are learning that those two roles are very, very different, that the, the care team for the recipient is not has nothing to do with the care team for the donor. Um, but education has been key. I think about um, donor families that I've visited with and talked to. I have never in almost 20 years in the state, on a national level, anywhere, met a single donor family that regretted the decisions that were made regarding donation for their loved one. Never. And I've I've been around a lot of people. Um, And so I said, with them sharing their stories and telling you what a safe place it really is, then people aren't as afraid. You know, Tammy, we have here at Aurora, we're now using the tagline, we restore lives. And we came to that decision after a lot of thought and consideration and really sort of thinking through the entire process um, for the family, the donor family, the recipient. I think that sometimes people who are not very familiar with the donation process think of how the gift of an organ or tissue restores the recipient. And of course it does. But we know that there are family members who shared with us their sorrow or their regret at not having been able to become a donor family for various reasons, that they were unable to become a donor family. And so they miss that peace that is restorative, that keeps their loved one in their memory, fresh, alive, but in somebody else. And so when we talk about restoring lives at Aurora, we're talking about absolutely the wonderful gift of, you know, a a healthier person from an organ or, or tissue donation. But we're also talking about 
the realization that the donor family at some point probably gets that their loved one was indeed a hero and saved lives or changed lives, helped people. Is that the way you see your role as a donor family member? Do you see the restorative power of donation? Do you know, Audrey, I think back when I first signed consent and agreed um, for all of this to start, the process to start, I never dreamed that I would ever be involved, especially at this level and this many years later. Um, But the aftercare department at Aurora has been an absolute lifeline to me. And I remember the very first support group meeting that I attended that was hosted by Aurora. And I literally looked at that room full of people and I said, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what any of y'all are doing here because you can't make any of this better for me. But that's so not true. And I alluded to that earlier um, in our conversation. Robbie's gifts while they went to an individual, everybody in that family benefited from that gift. But the family and the core support that I got being a donor mom helped me navigate this journey in a way that I don't think that I would have been able to without them. You know, Tammy, that's that's true. I mean, we we just... It's important to us at Aurora, and it's important for other people to know as well, people who might not um, be, be touched by our services here. But it's important for, for people to understand that when we work with a donor family, that one day that we recover those gifts from the loved one is not the last time that we will see that family unless it is their choice. Which brings me to you and all of the work that you have been doing nonstop, continually. I mean, you're, you've been on the Donor Family Council and, and in charge of it for, for, for since, since the beginning. Has it been since the beginning? I've only chaired the council since 2012, but I have been a part of it since, since it began. Can you tell the audience about some of the things that um, you guys are doing or planning on doing? I know that, um, of course, with the pandemic, you've not been able to do some things um, that we ordinarily would do because they were canceled. So now it looks like we might be getting into a little bit more open season. So are there, do you guys have plans for anything coming up? Um, we do. The Arkansas Donor Family Council, we, we're donor families and transplant recipients from all over the state. Um, we actually work to raise awareness about organ tissue and eye donation through our shared experiences. We also do uh, fundraising and awareness events to help support our donor families. Um, we are able to provide assistance for donor families in lots of different ways from paying an electric bill maybe to, I mean, one family, we bought feed for her animals because her husband was the primary um, source of income for their family and all the way to the final um, like funeral arrangements and stuff. We try to help with them. Um, but all of it is geared towards bringing that community together and having support for each other and making sure that everybody knows that they're not alone and that the stage for donation and transplantation is as big as they want it to be and can be as involved as they want it to be, or it can be more personal and intimate. 
Well, that, that's that's incredible. And um, and yes, we do know of the many families that the council has supported and touched um, in times that they really needed it. And that's a that's a gift from you guys to be able to do that as well, a gift for you as well. And of course, as I said, you're also pretty busy with the board of directors here at Aurora as well. So we're just really happy to have you as such an advocate locally and nationally, um, because you certainly, your voice certainly has reached, um, reached that stage as well. I, I think I know the answer to this, Tammy, but can you tell us why you believe it is so important that people register to become a donor? The most important thing that I, I can think of, one, is that it saves your family members. It's a decision that they do not have to make. If they know how you feel about it and you have registered, it makes your wishes known to the people that need to know it. Um, two, there are so many people that are out there waiting for that life-saving gift of transplantation or life-altering gift. Um, there are lots of of opportunities outside of solid organs where it, it improves and restores lives as well. But if people don't register, those gifts don't get matched correctly. It is, it's just incredibly important that you register your wishes. We're all going to die. We're all going to leave behind something. Let it be a legacy that continues and, and helps restore somebody else. So well said, Tammy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for talking with us today. You have been a friend to Aurora and a donation champion for so many. And I hope that you know how much all of your support means, means to us. So thank you again for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. And I, it is my true, honest hope that everybody thinks about donation as though their own life depended on it because someday it might. Absolutely. Thank you, Tammy. And if you have any questions for us, please call 501-907-9150. And if you're ready to make a life-restoring decision and register to become an organ, tissue, and eye donor, go to DonateLifeArkansas.org. Radiate is a production of Aurora and is hosted by Audrey Coleman, Aurora's Director of Communications.